This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Coming up on the program today, uh, the host of Hockey Night in Canada, Ron McLean, stops by to kick off Hour 2. A couple of really good games. Like whenever it's, you know, inter-provincial rivals or in-province rivals, rather, it's always good. Battle of Ontario early. The Toronto Maple Leafs and the Ottawa Senators been a mixed bag so far after two games for the Maple Leafs drop one really you can make the argument didn't really show up for one against the Montreal Canadiens and then a much better effort yesterday so they're playing three and four they'll face off against the Ottawa Senators tomorrow and then the late game unfortunately it's only one of three regular season meetings between these two teams don't like that on the schedule you want more of the Battle of Alberta Calgary Flames facing off against the Edmonton Oilers uh, with that, we'll bring in Elliot Friedman uh, from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts. How are you, Fried? You're out for your walk? I, I am out for my walk, Jeff. This is our daily I'm walk. I'm trying to walk near birds. I'm trying to walk near birds. People you know like that the birds. that's near and dear to my heart. Whenever I hear the ambient sound of birds in the background, I always get that, that soap and warm water feeling. I don't want to hear the sirens. I don't want to hear the cars whizzing by. I just want to hear birds at this time of day, Elliot Friedman. See what you can you, do. You know, you know. You know, Jeff, uh, unofficial crowdsourcing from last year, they did not like lunch noises like <laughs> making a sandwich or the microwave is going off, but they yeah. seem to like the birds. Yes. yes. The nature. People yes. people feel much nicer when you're around nature, Elliot. So as much as you can keep <laughs> away from the blender and kitchen utensils <laughs> and all of that or chomping into a sandwich, it's much appreciated yeah. by, the, uh, by the, the listeners and now this season, the viewers as well. So we're... We're walking with Elliot here, and uh, before we get to what happened uh, a little bit last night, we did a lot of it on our podcast. You can check that one out when it drops. We'll talk a lot about tonight, and Brent Burns returns to San Jose as Carolina faces off against the Sharks. You know, yesterday you were late, uh, which we're all used to, but yesterday was for a good reason. You're working on the Travis Sanheim deal, and it was officially announced by the Philadelphia Flyers yesterday, and uh, and it's a pretty sizable one um, for Travis Sanheim. It's an, an eight-year deal. It's $50 million, 625 on the AAV, walk us through this one, Fridge. Hey, it's the Uyghur template, right? And uh, I saw the breakdown today. I think it was, I, I think I saw it on Cap Friendly. Yep. Um, it was, uh, there's some signing bonus there, but most of it appears to be in uh, salary. Um, it's it's a situation where I think that, I, I think Philly had been caught, I don't know how seriously, but I, I had heard last night in the aftermath that there were some teams that had called Philly and said, you know, what are you thinking here? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where where are we going with this? And Philly obviously wanted to extend them and did. You know, it, it's interesting. Um, the Flyer fans are in, in a weird place right now, although they got a great win last night. Yep. And there, there's a lot of them saying, okay, do we have to blow this up? Why do we sign people? And, and sometimes I think that's okay. I think it's okay to say that, but you have to – debate each individual case on their own merits. Like I I think saying, Oh, our team is not very good. So we should just keep nobody. I I don't think that works. And there's Sanheim definitely has value. There's, there's no question about that. There are teams out there that would have been very interested, whether for this year or going forward. And, you know, Philly ultimately decided that um, he, it was the best move to keep him. Now, I have to say, in the short term, Jeff, since that was announced, I've had a lot of people wondering what this means for Provorov. And, 
you know, his name has been in and out of the rumors for a while. And yep. I, I, I don't get the sense that Philadelphia is overly eager to do it and see him thrive somewhere else. But I do think his future is something they have considered. Now, I, it's only one game. And I have to confess, I didn't watch a ton of their game last night. But I did have a couple people send me notes that uh, Provorov and D'Angelo look not bad together. So we'll see where that goes and how it plays out. But I, I think that's one of the questions that's being asked in the immediate aftermath of just this extension by Sanheim and, mm-hmm. and knowing as sometimes how the frustration internally has been with Provorov and Provorov with them too in return has been a, a theme over the last year or so. Absolutely. Um, so we'll, we'll park the Philadelphia conversation here, turn our attention to tonight, and four games on the go around the NHL. Want to get your thoughts on the Jets and the Rangers. Uh, that Perfetti-Dubois-Wheeler line looks real nice. Uh, Montreal mm-hmm. and Detroit, it is game one for Derek Lalonde as the head coach of the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Tampa and Columbus, Still no word on Ian Cole. Trevor Carrick has been called up from Syracuse. Patrick Lyonet injury. Uh, elbow sprain three to four weeks there. But I want to begin by talking about the Carolina Hurricanes and the San Jose Sharks. This is the return of Brent Burns to San Jose. And I can remember on, you know, on free agent day, sitting there on the set with you, and we're trying to figure out, okay, how is this all going to work with Burns? Burns is going somewhere you know, I was convinced that Joe Pavelski, his former teammate, was going to finally, you know, convince him to go to Dallas. There was a lot yeah. of talk that he was going to go to Dallas. John Klingberg was going to end up signing with the Carolina Hurricanes, and that's how it was all going to shake out. Instead, you know, Klingberg is without a team on that day, eventually signs with the Anaheim Ducks on the one-year deal, and Brent Burns becomes a member of the Carolina Hurricanes. I know you talked to Brent Burns recently. Uh, your thoughts on Burns, your thoughts on his time in San Jose and the return tonight, where I would imagine he'll get a nice ovation uh, to the SAP. Oh, I, I'm sure he's going to get a massive ovation. Uh, he should, and I, I don't have any reason to suspect it'll be anything differently, and it shouldn't be anything differently. Burns now, as I call him, no machete in the knapsack, Burns. How could you or ask back- that? How could you even ask that, by the way? Do you have a machete in there? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes you got to ask the tough questions. Yeah, that's that's, <laughs> right. that, that's what you have to do. Um, you know, the, the kind of the way I, I look at it is, I, and I do think Dallas had interest in Burns. I think he wanted to go there. I think they looked at it. They just knew it wasn't going to be possible uh, unless somebody left. So um, I, like, I don't think you were wrong to suggest that, that, that Dallas would have been part of that conversation. Um, you know, Burns had to wave to go to Carolina. I don't think it was difficult for him. It, it was really obvious last year. I think San Jose wants to try something different. And I just think that Carlson and Burns, they knew that it, there was just too much overlap. There wasn't there wasn't room for both of them, both in the terms of the way they play mm-hmm. and the cap situation of the team. I, I'm sure he'll get a huge ovation tonight, and he absolutely should. I have to say the one I'm really looking forward to tonight is Winnipeg Rangers. Uh, not just because I want to see the Jets play. You know, we've been waiting for them to play, but – you know, the Rangers have stampeded two very good opponents to start the season. Oh, yeah. And this is a good challenge for the Jets. You know, we're they're talking a lot about how they're going to play differently and how they're going to look differently. Well, you know, you, you're getting like a, a rhino in, in your first game of the season. There's no better way to see what you're really made of and where you're really going than 
than the Rangers tonight. You know, I am curious about Winnipeg as well, and you're right about the Rangers so far taking care of the Tampa Bay Lightning, Minnesota Wild in spectacular fashion. Last night, they really handed it to a team that, you know, has big, you know, aspirations and, and expectations for the postseason. I'm curious to see what this Rick Bonus-led Jets team can do and how how much defensively they're more buttoned up than they've been before. Like, that's the one thing about Rick Bonus. We all know for pretty much as, you know, the the majority of his of his career, he's handled blue lines. You know, he's yep. you know, responsible for helping to turn Victor Hedman uh, into a professional, you know, to, to a pro defenseman. I mean, he did a lot of work yep. with Hedman. Um, and we saw what he did with the, uh, with the Dallas Stars most recently. I'm curious to see how this team defends or how much different this team looks and also you know how much how much space he gives to Shifley and how much space there is for Kyle Connor speedsters like Nick Ehlers uh young players like Cole Perfetti I know the accent is on defense with bonus but there's a lot of guys that can score there how does bonus handle that well if, if the preseason's any indication he's going to give them a lot of rope as long as the shifts aren't too long Mm-hmm. Like, what did he attack them for? The shift length. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's going to be one thing. But, you know, Winnipeg it didn't make many changes. I'm sure they tried. They just couldn't. And sometimes the best moves are the ones you don't make. But if Winnipeg doesn't defend better, it's going to be a really long season. Uh, so, you know, yeah, what's that? No, go ahead. So, like, when I, when I, see, when I see bonus there, I think that's what he's there for is, is the group has to defend better mm-hmm. and he's going to make them defend better. And like I said, if they don't, it's going to be a rough year, Jeff. Uh, it will. Um, you know, they're one, only one year removed from a lot of people, you know, myself included from saying it's the best team in Canada. <laughs> oh yeah. I went, da- I went down in flames with that <laughs> prediction too. Uh, Connor Hellebuck gets a start tonight for the Winnipeg Jets. Okay. Detroit Red Wings and the Montreal Canadiens tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, Game number one for Derek Lalonde behind the bench as a Red Wings head coach. So in one of our preseason podcasts, you talked plenty about Elmer's Elmer Soderblom. Okay. You see, the, yes. you see the line he's playing on. I, you know what? I looked at it briefly. I okay. don't remember what it is. Okay. But I looked you'll, at it briefly. You'll love this with Michael Rasmussen and Oscar yeah. Sundquist. So Soderblom is six foot eight. 249. Oh, I think they're playing in the NBA. Well, the line, I mean, Rasmussen's 6'6", and, and Sunfist is 6'3". Yeah. Like, this is like the biggest line in the NHL out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah, that guy's, I watched him in one of their preseason games. I think it was against Chicago. Yeah. And, and I was immediately drawn to him just because of how big he is. He's an, it's just a... Now, now a, there's, there's, a, there's an interesting question here. I guess... The, the Red Wings broadcast said he's 6'8". I saw that he's also listed as 6'6". Yeah. Um, and I, I made a joke uh, on the podcast that, you know, is the Red Wings broadcast like Tinder where every guy inflates <laughs> their height by two inches? And Ken Daniels took minor offense to that. He was... He said, we don't inflate. We tell the truth. So... So I'm, I'm really in sorry, Ken, that I insulted the... The Red Wings broadcast. Too. So I asked Derek Lalonde. We had him on the other day, and I asked Lalonde about that. Uh, is he six foot six or six foot eight? And I think it was. I think he referred to it as an aggressive six foot six. And I said, "What do you mean by that?" He said, "Well, I have a friend of mine, 
And when I asked him what his waist size was, he said, well, I'm growing. I'm an aggressive 35 or I'm an aggressive 36. <laughs> so that's how we refer. Because he actually, you know, what he said is like, this guy's still young. He still may have some room to grow here, which is frightening when you consider how huge the guy is. Yeah, very. He's he's a big man. I think the Red Wings, like, we've talked about this in, sense, in, in terms of who's the team in the Metro that takes the step this year. Is it Ottawa? Is it Detroit? Atlantic, it Atlantic, Atlantic. Sorry, Atlantic. Sorry, sorry Atlantic. And, and is, is it which one of those three teams does it? And, you know, Montreal showed the other night that they're going to play hard. And if you give them opportunities, they'll convert on them. Um, but I'm curious to see Detroit tonight. This is, you know, you, you know, no offense to Montreal, but when you're being given Montreal in your home opener, you're being given an opportunity. So yeah. let's see what Detroit does with that. You're right. Like, I, I, I don't know that Montreal is bad enough to really be in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. I, I think that St. Louis is going to have this team playing too hard for them to be, you know, we just saw what happened that. to Arizona yesterday and, you know, Chicago, we all know that story. Although that was a great tank loss. That was a great tank loss from Chicago yesterday, by the way. Like they play, only they're one play, nothing. They're playing hard. Play yes. play hard but lose. Like, okay, like, all right, man. Like that is a really good tank loss for Chicago. I was watching Taves last night and, yeah. and the Blackhawks are gonna have to trade him so that he doesn't win games that they don't want to win. <laughs> is that like in Buffalo and every time the goalie would make a save, Tim Murray would trade him? Because they wanted Connor McDavid. <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> um, quick quick thought on the Habs. We'll see him tonight against the Red Wings. Jake Allen gets the start. Billy Huso starts for the Detroit Red Wings. We talked plenty about the Habs coming off of that um, really exciting victory over the Maple Leafs on, on Wednesday night. Marty St. Louis is going to have this team working hard. We know that. Um, and I don't think they're going to be you know Arizona bad or Chicago bad. Where do you see Montreal fitting in? I agree with that. I think, you know, obviously they're still growing. They're a long way away. Um, when you have the youth that, uh, when you, when you have the youth that they have, there's going to be nights of mistakes. Yeah. Like I went back and I watched a bit more of Gooley and I thought he was really good, but you can tell he's still really nervous with the puck. Yep. And, uh, so, you know, there's going to be nights where he makes rough decisions and things aren't going to go his way, but that kid looks like a stud, you know, Actually, some of, one of the things I've been looking at is, is Cam Sharon, who used to work on yep. uh, with the Leafs. He's doing some stuff. The other, he's doing some stuff that he's putting out now. And he had a really good note the other day. And I, I went back and I looked at it. You know, Toronto really went after Jordan Harris when he was on the ice. They they really went after him and and tried to enter the zone on his side. And you know, so I watched a little bit of it. And I, I think that's a great thing for a kid because you're getting a true test of what it's like to be in the NHL right away. And there's going to be bad moments, but there's going to be good moments and you're going to learn. And sometimes the best way to learn is to be thrown in the deep end with no water wings and say, okay, float or swim. And so I, I think that's really good for the kids. I, I really do. It's always the way I prefer to learn. You learn your lessons as they come, uh, but you want to learn against the best. So you understand what it takes to, go up against the best. Uh, Tampa and Columbus tonight. So the bad news for Columbus, uh, the Patrick Line injury after just a, a, another gorgeous goal, like to open up that game uh, the other uh, night against terrible. Carolina. I mean, he fires it from distance, beats Anderson clean, uh, elbow sprain, tied up with Brett Pesci. He's out three to four weeks. Uh, other side of the rank, the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you know, we, we talked about this a little bit on the podcast as well, but just a thought too, because I think a lot of us were wondering, okay, so... 
You know, Ian Cole missed the first game against the New York Rangers. We'll, we were hoping or thinking, suspecting that we'd have more information one way or another on what's going to happen to Ian Cole before the game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. But so far, nothing. And Trevor Carrick uh, has been called up from Syracuse of the American Hockey League. Well, obviously, I want to be careful with this because this yes. is a situation that deserves the, the proper uh, care and commentary. The the only thing I will say here is that I, I knew that there was some discussion about if there wasn't more evidence that was presented, you know, could you really keep him out of play based on the one Twitter post? And, um, you know, so that's, that's when I know the conversation was happening. And I don't want to do any, you know, false equivalencies or anything like that. Like I said, it's a, it's a very serious thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think one of the things they were, they, like, like just setting the precedent of, you know, just where where do we go here and, and what do you really need to keep a player out of the lineup? So, mm-hmm. like I said, I know that was a conversation and we'll see where it goes, but I don't want anyone to think I don't or anyone isn't taking it seriously. I think they are. I think there's two different conversations here. One, of course, is investigating what's been alleged and the other is just it's one Twitter post as far as we know right now and is that enough? So I think that's kind of where everybody is. Right. Um, Saturday on Hockey Night in Canada, uh, Ottawa Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens, Washington Capitals. Watch that one on Sportsnet East and City. Uh, late game, the Calgary Flames facing off against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Calgary looked really good last night. They kind of took their foot off a little bit in the third when they were up 5-1. to one. Uh, but yeah. un- un- Until then, Calgary, you know, the new-look Flames – and all the all the new players got points too, which is always important in that first game yeah. uh, when fans are curious. Uh, before we get to the BOA tomorrow, and I'll, I'll talk with Ron McLean about the the two you know marquee matchups tomorrow, the the provincial games. Um, but do you have a thought on Calgary and and what we saw last night? It's always bad, Jeff, when when the other team scores while our producer still has the graphic of the lines on top of the screen. Because <laughs> that means you've given up a goal really early. Yeah. So, you know, the, Colorado went right down the ice and scored to open that game, Bo Byram. And, you know, and the, and the lines were still up on the screen. And I was kind of like, uh-oh, that, that's not good. And what you would expect if it's a good Sutter team is that they recovered really quickly. They just didn't, they didn't fall apart. Mm-hmm. They, they, because you're worried in that moment. Are we about to lose this game eight to two? Yep. And obviously that 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 didn't happen. And they, they, I, I thought they were really good. Um, you know, I mean, Tree Living is on record that he wants to add another forward. It's Dylan Dubé in particular. It's his job to make that really difficult on them to say you don't need that. And he scored last night. Um, and, like, I don't think Calgary's done. I said earlier this week, I don't think the Oilers are going to end the year the way they start the year. I think that's possible for the Flames, too. That's what happens when you have teams that can think they can win. But the thing I like most about the Flames last night is they gave up the goal early and they, they stayed with it. I, I thought they were really good. I think they're really deep. Um, you know, Markstrom looked good to me. Uh, everything that you would, you would hope the, the Flames are, they showed a lot of it last night until, as you said, they got sloppy with a 5-1 lead. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think you can do that too often, especially against a team like Colorado. And the other thing, too, is 
they, they did it by taking penalties. And against the team they're going to play tomorrow night, what turned the game around against Vancouver? It was the penalties. And you, you cannot give Edmonton and Colorado – uh, opportunities like that, although generally I was very happy with the way the Flames played. You know who looked really good, Fridge? Mackenzie Weger. Yeah, he did. He looked great. You know, I... Uh, yeah, he looked really good. You and I have had this conversation, you know, which player, you know, does Florida, will Florida, you know, miss the most of the players that they let go? I keep circling back, and again, for, there's a nice win for the Florida Panthers yesterday. They beat the New York Islanders. Matthew Kachuk with some yep. heroics, but I, I really think that over the course of 82 games, that's the guy they miss the most. And we'll look at that trade, and we'll say, okay, they got Huberto. They had to give up Kachuk. How did they get Uyghur in that deal, too? Well, my, my theory on this, and I wrote it at the time, is that, or I think I said it at the time, is that Florida looks at it as they had – they didn't it's cap. want it's cap. The it's cap was cap gonna kill. And 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 they had decided that they weren't gonna extend Huberto and Uyghur the way that it was gonna be necessary. And that they weren't gonna give Huberto the deal that Calgary gave him, and they weren't gonna give Uyghur the deal that Calgary gave him. And they've decided that they'll take the pain for this year yeah. and then they'll see what they do. Then when they have some extra cap room, they'll say, Look, we're Florida, we've got a good team. We're in a good location. Our tax situation is beneficial. Now, what can we attract to make up in a year? I think that's Florida's gamble is one year of pain, and then they'll make up for it. So I think to fully answer your question, I believe in the short term, you could very well be right. I think the bigger question is what do they do with the space in the long term? And that gives us our, our true answer. That was a that was a good win, though, for, for them last night. Yep. Very good win. It was a huge one. Um, we'll end on this. When a coach goes to the we were not prepared card mm-hmm. after game one, he automatically makes game two a huge one. Your thoughts on yep. the Maple Leafs and the Washington Capitals? Well, obviously much better for them. Um, you know, I, I thought their first line was really quiet game one against Montreal, which surprised me. I thought they were much better last night. Um you know, the, the only thing that scared me about Toronto the first two games is they've given up, you know, what's the big question about Toronto this year? It's goaltending. Everybody knows it. And they've given up some goals that certainly aren't pretty. I mean, that's the that's the only thing I really look at through the first two games. Look, they, they've shown if they're careless, they're going to get it rammed right down their throat because they're not that quick. But if they play smartly, they can be a lot better. I mean, you know, the most dangerous guy on the ice last night, you can pick, it's Matthews or Ovechkin. Ovechkin was very quiet last night. I mean, he had the one chance early, but other than that, he was really quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you look at some of the goals that Toronto's given up in their first couple of games, and you're looking at it and you're saying, oh, you got to get better goaltending than that. Yeah, was it the Dowd one that went uh, in between Both the, uh, of them the, last the night, arm and the, uh, and the chest protector? Yeah. That was the one like, yeesh. That's one of those, uh, seal it up, seal it up. But a big win for uh, the Maple Leafs, big win for Elias Samsonov against his old team. Puncture seal. Puncture seal. Puncture seal. All right, uh, Peter Boss still to come. Ron McLean, host of Hockey Night in Canada as well. Uh, continue your your walk, Elliot. We'll uh, watch for you on the Magic Eyeball tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow night, Merrick. There he is, Elliot Friedman from Hockey Night in Canada and 32 Thoughts, breaking down, amongst other things, the Travis Sanheim contract extension in Philadelphia.